Welcome back, everyone, and this is Missionary Mondays. This is our second episode, if you will, and we have with us today one of my best friends in the world, Brother Josh Hill. He is a missionary with Rock of Ages Ministries. He is working in the country of Guatemala as a missionary church planner. Brother Josh and I work out of the same home church, Bible Baptist Church in Rossville, Georgia. Brother Ricky Gravely as our pastor, and uh, I want to introduce y'all to Brother Josh. I want y'all to fall in love with Brother Josh and his dear family, and uh, Brother Josh, welcome to the program today. Thank you, Brother Chris, for having us on. Yes, sir, and uh, I, I, we're doing this interview, and Brother Josh and his family, Lord willing, their furlough, their first furlough, uh, is going to begin uh, October, end of October, early November. Brother Josh, how long have y'all been on the field now? Uh, we've been on the field for it'll be three years October so three uh, years what a blessing and uh, I want y'all to meet him I want y'all to find out uh, about brother Josh and what they're doing so we're going to ask some questions listen I, I every missionary that we interview I always tell them up front you know and and I know brother Josh well enough he's not going to focus on money and stuff and everything anyways they need support we'll talk about that later so at, at the end of this we'll talk more about support we'll talk about the furlough coming up and we'll talk about uh uh, you know give you give you a way to be able to contact them in the description so uh not that's not what this is about we're going to ask three questions tip our typical questions we ask and uh let brother josh just answer them from his heart so uh brother josh the first thing and and i know a little bit about this just because we've been friends uh i guess we really started becoming friends oh nine wouldn't you say 2010 Yes, sir. We went to the same time. Bible college just at different times. So right. um, yes, we uh, we we connected through that. And Brother Josh was actually on the mission field in Mexico when we really started com- conversating between one another. And, and so that yes, was sir. our first uh, contact. So, Brother Josh, can you tell us about your call, your background, uh, your testimony, um, what what got you to the point you're, you were at now and what you were doing before beforehand? Yes, sir. Well, um, I'll just start off with the Lord saved me when I was 16 years old and uh, I was headed for nowhere but hell and uh, racist and couldn't really didn't really care about anybody but my own self and very selfish person and um, got saved when I was 16 years old. And um, from that point on, the Lord changed my life and gave me new desires to serve him. And um, it was 2000. Um, seven, uh, the first time I went to uh, Mexico, and um, be honest, it was kind of well. It was about, I guess, really about six years after 9/11, and I was still terrified to get on the plane. <laughs> and uh, and uh, but my granny, she kept pushing me. She said, "You need to go. You need to go." Amen. We went, and for the first time, I, I mean, I saw people uh, that uh, that I guess I really just hadn't seen them that way before. Yes. Sir. And that was the people that had never heard the gospel presented to them and um, the Lord really touched my heart that first trip, but it wasn't until 2009 
where the Lord really began to deal with me, uh, that same place we went to in Mexico, there was a little hill uh, that I would go up and spend time with the Lord on. And uh, I remember going up there every morning, and just praying, uh, reading my Bible, good times with the Lord. And I was reading one day and um, just asked the Lord, just give me a verse. What do you want from my life? I, I mean, I just, I wanted to know. And I came across Isaiah 6, 8. I wasn't looking on the internet, missionary verses or, you know, anything. That's I was just reading through my Bible. And, um, and uh, I came across that verse where it says, who am I, or uh, here my Lord, send me. And um, I told the Lord that time, at that time of my life, I said, Lord, if you want me to be a missionary one day, well, just give me the grace to be able to do it. Give me the give me the, the courage to be able to step out and do that. And so from that point on, I, I had a completely different attitude towards Spanish-speaking people. Yes, For some reason, I all of a sudden just wanted to learn Spanish. I wanted to be around them. And it was through that that at my job where I was working, um, when I got back that summer, uh, they uh, they hired three uh, Spanish people. Two were from Guatemala. I remember two were from Guatemala. One was from Mexico. And um, remember just working with them, training them, and just spending a lot of time with them. And um, really got to share the uh, Christ with them a lot. And so it was through that that God just started putting Spanish people in, 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 the, in my life. And, um, and so when we started going to Bible, preacher came to me last year, Bible school, or uh, Bible college. And he said, what do you want to do? He said, I don't want you to just be a junior Sunday school teacher the rest of your life. I want to I He was see a great God, junior know, Sunday school teacher. They, <laughs> listen, y'all, he took like 10-year-old people and taught through the book of Revelation verse by verse to these kids. And they're all still scared to death of the apocalypse. But anyways, go ahead. <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, uh, so it was through that. And I told preacher, so preacher, I really believe God wants to be a missionary, but I don't know anything, you know, about it. don't know how to even find, you know, where to go. You know, I just was still kind of really just kind of naive to all that, yes. all that kind of talk. But I knew I, I had a desire to go, and um, and so he started started. We started a Spanish outreach at our church. Brother Daniel Dye, one of our good deacons, good deacons Amen. in our church, and uh, we all got we all, got all, all, of, our all of our deacons are good. good. We're worried about Donald <laughs> so, Black, but all the yeah. And so uh, and so we started that. Well, me and Brother Daniel, we would go out on Saturdays and uh, take time apart from our church visitation, and uh, go out knocking on doors, and. Uh, after about three Saturdays, Brother Daniel, and some of you that watch well, just know Brother Daniel, uh, he looked at me and he said, uh, Brother, you know, it's just kind of strange. He said, we've, uh, we've run into all these Guatemalans. Yes, sir. And uh, I said, yeah, I said, it's kind of weird. You know, I said, maybe they all just migrated to this area. Yeah. I don't know. It's and a coincidence. So, uh, yeah. And so uh, – so we just went on about it, and we started having about seven, or no, about six families start coming to that Spanish church. They were all the same family, but, you know, broke up into different, you know, groups. And um, we had the church, so things were going so good. Well, they started praying. They said, Brother Josh, would you pray for our family in Guatemala? Uh, we need churches. We need we need the gospel. Amen. And, um, and so, I, you know, I heard that, and first time I heard it, I remember telling my wife that, what if it's Guatemala? And yeah. at the time, to be honest with y'all, I thought Guatemala was part of Mexico. <laughs> I didn't have a clue. I thought, well, I, we'll go to Mexico and we'll find, you know, where Guatemala's at. Brother Josh we'll, didn't major out, on uh, geography in Bible college. <laughs> going to find out. We uh, had some uh, some friends that were down here serving, and we decided we'd come down here and see what it's like and yes, see what Guatemalans, uh, how their life is and what the culture's like and things of that nature. And it was through that there that – um. 
as we got here, we saw village after village that didn't have a gospel preaching church. There was buildings with the name church wrote on them, but there was no gospel preaching Amen. churches and very few at that. And so we began to see that need. And I guess probably the day I would say probably before we even got there, the Lord had already given me peace in my heart. I, I just, I, for some reason, I don't have chapter and verse to, th- to show you and, and all that, but I, I just tell you, there's just a peace that God was just like, this is where you're going to be. Yes, sir. And, um, but I wanted God to show my wife that as well. Some of y'all don't know this, but my wife, eight years of school and has her yes, doctorate in physical therapy. And I said, God, you're going to have to show her this uh, to, to prove yourself to her. And I guess about the fourth day we were down there, she came to me one afternoon and just weeping. And she said, I, she said, this is where God wants us. She said, are you crazy not yeah. to believe it? And I was like, well, praise God. He showed you too. And, and so from that point on, we knew that. I'll never forget that trip, brother Josh. I'll never forget the pictures from that trip. I know y'all had to leave the kids behind for that trip because it was, the kids were still very, your older two was very, were very small and all that. But I'll never forget, I think it was that trip when Miss Melissa's sitting there making fresh-made tortillas with the ladies. And when I saw yes, that picture on Facebook, I said, they're never, they're, they're, they're going to Guatemala. And that's before me and you had even talked about it being definite. And when I saw that, I said, they're going to Guatemala. Amen. Yes, sir. It was, I mean, it confirmed it. And the Lord gave my wife a verse, and she's held on to this verse, and I was trying to find it before we got on here in Luke 18. Uh, she she told me she was actually at her work. She worked at Life Care Centers in mm-hmm. East Ridge. And um, I actually walked in. It's crazy, crazy how this happened. I walked in to take her some lunch one day. And up on her and at her desk, she had a verse wrote out. And it was this Luke 18, verse 29. It says, And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that have left house or parents or brethren or wife or children for the kingdom of God's sake, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time, and in the world to come, life everlasting. Amen. And she said the Lord gave her that verse because she said she knew that she was going to have to leave everything behind. And uh, she's held to that verse. And I, there's more verses that God's given her uh, from here on out. And it's amazing how God has just always given her that peace. And so, anyways, we came back to the States. And I told Preacher, our pastor with the grave, I said, Preacher, we're going to Guatemala. And uh, he might get on to me for saying this because it's a trick he does. But he took us out to eat three times. And Tried every time he said, it. I don't think y'all should go. I don't <laughs> think you should go. And I'll be honest with you. I thought, man, I'm pretty sure he ain't got confidence in me. That's what I was thinking. I thought, man, he, he's trying to discourage me. Hey, and don't feel I remember, bad. I'll never every forget time, this. We're at Applebee. Every time we talk, he's like, Brother Hewitt, don't ever pastor. Don't don't ever pastor. You'll, you'll wreck a church. So don't feel bad. <laughs> he, uh, we went to Applebee's. And – he was sitting there and he was telling me, he said, I, I don't, I don't think y'all should go. And I finally just gave it up. I said, preach. I, I said, I can't, I said, I said, it's bothering me. I said, why are you keep discouraging us from going? I know God wants us to go. I'm ready to go. We need to figure out how to start deputation. And he was like, you really, he was like, and he started naming these situations that could happen. Mm-hmm. And I said, preacher, y'all has settled in my heart. We have to go. And I said, if I don't go, I'm going to be miserable. And um, he said, "Well, all right. Well, let's pray about a mission board." And 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 it just it was history yes, from there on out. I mean, God just how He just put everything together. And so, and now that I look back, uh, you know that before I was saved, um, uh, Amen. I didn't like people of different colors. I mean, I'll just be honest. I had I had friends that were, uh, you know, but when it came to Latinos, I just was not a friend to them, and. Um, 
And now God has me here serving and giving them the gospel. And uh, I look back to where I got to work with them. And all that was God just putting it into place uh, to prepare me as a person, as, as a preacher, as a, as a friend to them on, uh, to, to serve the people here in Guatemala. Yes. And so that's how it, how it came out. And uh, God has, has proven himself over and over again. And, uh, and, and in that, and, and in our calling yes, here in Guatemala. I want to say a few things before we move on. Uh, first of all, uh, the verse Brother Josh was talking about, Isaiah 6, 8, you know, the who will go part of our ministry uh, about getting the men in missions, men and women in missions. Uh, our verse for that is Isaiah 6, 8. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Who will go for us? And that means God the Father wants somebody to go with the gospel, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Us. That's the Godhead, friend. Uh, I want to say this. Uh, if you're watching this, you're a young family, young preacher, you're aggravated because you're not getting to be on the platform or you're not getting to go or do whatever. Brother Josh just talked about a Sunday school class, two visitations that he was doing every Saturday, a Hispanic church plant, and multitudes of other things that he was doing during that time before God ever called him to go to the field. So while you're waiting to serve, serve. Do something at the local church level and just embed yourself in the local church and the ministries of the local church. And I promise you, you get working like that there, God's going to use the fire out of you if you'll be willing to do that. And I, I want Brother Josh to tell two quick stories. And Brother Josh and I, we are known for long conversations, so I'm trying to be as quick as possible. But you may be sitting here thinking, man, Brother Josh had a great job, um, and his wife was a doctor, and they walked away from all of that, and they did. I was there. I watched it happen. They had a really nice house, y'all. I mean, uh, I used to live there <laughs> before Miss Chloe and I got married. There's a little transition there where I lived uh, with Brother Josh for before we all got married and started having kids. But I want Brother Josh to tell y'all about how God paid his wife's doc or uh, medical school bills off just miraculously. And then I want him to tell about the tent meeting in East Tennessee and how God just coincidentally uh, put some people in our path there. And I'll say this. You may be watching this and thinking, oh, I've got everything I need and God, God, there's no way God would send me away from all of this. Surely God wouldn't make me give up my job and all that. Well, I don't know about you. I'm not I'm not a doctor. And God asked a doctor and a very well-established young man in a church and in a job to give up a lot of things to go to a place where a lot of them don't even want to hear what he's got to say. And my, our friend, Brother James Ruckman, says, God doesn't always send us to safe faces, safe places, or safe spaces, but God sends us. So I want Brother Josh to take a real quick and tell us about those two things, the the, the medical yes. bills and then our, our little story in East Tennessee. Yes, sir, Brother. Uh, well, if I could say something real quick to you, Brother, about mm -hmm. the our home. Um, we put our house on the market, and uh, we uh, it was on a Saturday, and we went that. to Brother Ronnie Jones. Uh, Ronnie Jones there in Mineral I think Park. Yeah, Mineral Park. Uh, and uh, we had a man come up to us. He said, I'm going to pray you sell your house in a week. 
And I thought, man, ain't no way. You know, I'm thinking this is crazy. And he said, no. He said, he said, God's going to do it. And I was like, praise God. I'm like thinking, I wish I had this man's faith. Yeah. <laughs> and so sure enough, on Friday of that week, uh, well, what happened was we had a family come over, look at our house, but they had to sell theirs first. But they were waiting and all this. And their house, we went on and looked how much they were selling it for. It was quite a bit. Well, somebody moved from the state of Missouri, paid cash oh, yeah. to buy their home. And then they called us on Friday and said, hey, we're ready. We, we've sold our house. And I, I mean, all of this. I'm like, God didn't just sell one house. He sold two houses hey, in one week. And so, uh, and so God did that. And when he did that, I'll be honest, I thought, I mean, in my eyes, I mean, I, I could, I remember sitting there thinking, oh, wow, this is going fast. Like, yeah. I mean, it was kind of scary. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I was, I was like, wow, this is going fast. And so anyways, we got on the road in June. This was in August. We sold our house, or no, sorry, we sold our house in June. We got on the road in August. And we was on the road traveling, headed to Brother Eric Brown's church, matter of fact, uh, there in Virginia. I remember and, this. Um, me and Melissa, we was uh, going back and forth, having a little discussion, and uh, and she got, she was in the back of the van, and somebody called, and it was it was this company with student debt loan forgiveness, you know, and um, and we never answered because it was always you know something, it was always a gimmick, you know, whatever, and because we were in this conversation, she was like, I'm answering the phone, and so she <laughs> answered the phone, and uh, we want to call you off, about your you phone's know? auto insurance. <laughs> yes, and so. Uh, before I knew it, I looked in the rearview mirror. She got quiet. She was talking and talking. And I'm talking. And I'm thinking, man, 20 minutes in a conversation. <laughs> Usually she's done hung up by now. And um, she gets off the phone. I look in my rearview mirror, and I'm like, what happened? She's like, we qualify for, I qualify for complete forgiveness of my debts because I'm not working. And so we did all the paperwork because hey, she's not working. She, she's going to the foreign field, yada, yada, yada. We got an email one day. It said paid in full. Yeah, go And uh, – and uh, I tell y'all, we was charged. I told Melissa, I said, we ain't looking back. I said, God's done all this. Hell he sold her house. He, he paid off that debt. Too. Oh, man, that's exactly right. And I'm talking in, in just two months, God, I mean, I'm talking $99,000 worth of student loans, $180,000 home. And that other family, their home was a $300,000 home, $300,000 home. God did all of that in a month Amen. for our family to get on the field and to see Guatemalans come to Christ. Listen here, and, friend, um, you don't have to go and read George Mueller and D.L. Moody to hear God doing something. God's doing something in our day, and if you'll give your life to Him, if you'll surrender your life, go over to God. If you'll surrender your life Amen. to Christ, I promise you, you don't have to read a book about it. God will do it in your life. Amen. 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 And so about the Spanish tent ministry, our yeah. tent uh, meeting Crazy. that we had, <laughs> we uh, had a very good time. Uh, we um, we uh, set our tent up and everything. And me and um, Brother JT, Brother JT, we uh, went out and we're trying to find some Spanish people. And I came across the, um, what do you call them? Uh, the the camp there for Yeah, the duplexes where the people were camped out. Double stuff. decker. And y'all got to here. We we have one spot for a tent meeting, 
and me and brother Josh yes. found like there was all these Hispanics. So our tent will seat my tent will seat seven hundred people. It's a big old tent. We put it up, and it wasn't even that great of a spot. We were like on the top of a hill, and then we had another tent, a thirty by fifty tent. And when we found out all those Hispanic people were around, we was like, well, me, we need to have a Hispanic meeting too. So we put the porter parties in between the big tent and the little tent, and they were having Hispanic service while we were having the big service. Both tents yeah. just packed. It was great. Oh, yeah. It was good. We uh, What was amazing, I'll tell you, Brother Chris, one thing I love about that story and about that time is when we came across – I cannot remember his name. I've been sitting here trying to think his name all day long. But you'll remember, and Brother JT, if he watches this, he'll remember it as well, that young man that got saved in Monterey, Mexico, yes, sir. out of Brother Tommy Ashcraft's church. And um, matter of fact, I remember we walked up to him, and he's just smiling from ear to ear. And he said, y'all are Baptist? Y'all having a camp meeting? He said, I'm coming. And I'm going to bring some friends. And he, brought, he ended up bringing, I think, in total, about four or five different people at different times. But one of his friends ended up getting born again. And it was a great time. And then towards the end of that meeting, we got to go to those back to those duplexes Amen. because they would. I mean, be honest. I mean, they they weren't really coming. Yeah. They were getting off work, and uh, they weren't really supposed to leave the duplex. But and so we decided, me and brother um, brother Trent Horton, we decided that we would go and uh, take the gospel to them. Yes. And ended up going and preaching the gospel to them in the parking and, lot. Um, I think there was quite a bit that professed Christ, and I don't remember the number of anything that important. I think there was 11 but, um, saved. Y'all, I believe check so. Us out. There, I don't know if y'all can see it. There's Brother JT translating yes, and Brother uh-huh. Josh preaching under the little red and white yes. tent there. It was a yes, big so. time right there. Amen. Amen. And there were a lot so. of them from Guatemala, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There was quite a bit from Guatemala. They were mixed between Guatemala, Honduras, and then there was one random guy from um, Dominican Republic. And uh, it was kind of odd. He was the only one. And so I don't know how he got over it. But, uh, <laughs> but um, he, the majority of them were Guatemala and Mexico. Yes, sir. And it was, it was, um, it was, it was amazing just to see God uh, work in, in that tent meeting there as well. So was that man's name God Roberto? Roberto, there we go. Yes, sir. I, I looked it up. I'm sorry, I couldn't. He's got it. on. He's. I think he might be friends with you on Facebook. Yeah, he I is. He is. His name's okay. Roberto. He may see this. I hope he does. Well, let's go to the next question. Uh, can you tell about the people that God has called you to? The culture, the history, the except stuff like that. Uh, maybe their religious uh, affiliation. Uh, tell us about the people that God has called you to. Yes, sir. Well, Guatemala is a very beautiful country. Um, matter of fact, uh, if any of y'all are friends with me on Facebook, you've probably seen some pictures I've posted. Uh, we where we're at, we're we we can see about four different volcanoes. Beautiful, it's awesome. Uh, beautiful scenery, and um, the people here. They just came out of, of a civil war in the early nineties. Uh, they were coming over there, and they're still affected by that today. There's still a lot of corruption in politics and things of that nature. But for the people in their cell, they're very laid-back people. Uh, they just kind of go with the flow of things, which I like. And uh, uh, they're not really high-speed, you know, in the city more so. But where we're at, it's very laid-back. And um, people are very, traffic. Uh, very accepting. Yeah, a lot of traffic, a lot of traffic, especially in the city. But very, very um, open to talk, and which is good. But at the same time, it, it is – dangerous and uh, they have opened their minds to a lot of things a lot of different religions um of course guatemala is 
predominantly Catholic, and then you run into a Protestant crowd, but that majority of Protestant crowd, which thank God we're not Protestants, we're Baptists, amen, amen. Um, is Pentecostal, uh, charismatic. Uh, there's a lot of church God, church of Christ influence here. And I've heard people say before about Guatemala, you know, well, there's so many churches down there. But here's the thing about the people when we're out knocking on doors and witnessing the people is when we ask people, you know, if you were to die today, where would you go? Uh, people say all the time, well, the majority of the time, I have no clue. I and mean, I can't know. Only God knows. And uh, we always say, well, you can know. And we'll give them the gospel. And their final answer is always this, but I can't keep it. And that, of course, has came from the Charismatics and the Pentecostals and all those uh, work-based religions. And um, it's very sad because uh, they won't accept Christ because they can't. They think they have to keep it, and they can't. Yes. So they just don't even deal with it. And so uh, the people, though, they are very poor. Um, they uh, most of them work day to day to keep their family fed, and 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 so you know. That's that that's hurting right now here during this quarantine. Yes. But uh, to be honest, uh, I would say that the people are also though hardworking. And one thing about it is men here are very hard to win. Yep. Um, they are drunks. They are adulterers. They most men here. It is a custom. I mean, the women will tell you this: if their husband has another woman in another state or department, they would say, "Well, it's." It's a custom, you know, it's, it's, you know, it is what it is. And, and they've accepted that. And so it's very hard to find, uh, to see men come to Christ and to see them be qualified even yes, to sir. one day sit in that position as a That's pastor. Right. It's even a little bit at times discouraging, but you know, we're here and um, trying our best to work with them. But um the families, you know, a lot of the women uh, are abused. A lot of the kids are abused. And um, it's very sad to say the least, um, to see their condition. But um, yeah, it's hard to explain without being able to see it with the eyes of Brother Chris has seen third world countries with his own eyes. Jeremiah said in the book of Lamentations, my eye has affected my heart. And until you see things, you can see, you can look at pictures all day, but until you've seen it with your own eyes, yes, sir. Um, your, your mind, your heart's not really open to it. And Brother Josh, but, um, can I say something right there, interject? Yes, sir. Um, if you're a missionary watching, don't lose heart. I, I, missionaries all over the world are dealing, even pastors in America are dealing with what Brother Josh just mentioned. Uh, sexual promiscuity, sexual sin has ravaged a generation, uh, our generation, even the one older than us. Uh, and is dis just dismantled. We believe in forgiveness, we but we believe in qualifications. We we believe the Bible, and it's made it really hard for a lot of pastors and missionaries all over the world. And, and let me let me say this: it may be it may not be the men that you're looking at right now that raise up to be the church planters and the next generation. It may be that those young people that you're reaching right now. And winning, and you're winning their mama, and you're taking their mama water, and you're taking their Amen. mama bread, and you're winning those young hearts. They're, they need a male figure in their life that they can count on, and sometimes it's that missionary and it's that pastor that they get to see week in and week out, and they are the ones that make the impact. And it may be that the teenager you're preaching to right now that gets saved, that might be the one. I, I, I'm telling you, just stay faithful. Amen. And uh, Amen. what else was you saying just now? I, that got me fired up. 
Uh, well, I was uh, what you just were about to say is I was going to go down that and talk about you know how we got a little boy in, our, in the church. His name's David David, and uh, he's he'll be seven next month. And um, a boy looked at me one day and we were talking and I, he don't have a his daddy's somewhere in New York, <laughs> and um, and uh, he looked at me one day and he said, Brother Josh, oh here they call you Pastor Pastor. And he said, Pastor, he said, um, I want to be a preacher like you one day. Yeah. And uh, I tell you, I'm nothing. And uh, I told him, I said, I don't want you to be a preacher like me. So I want you to be a man of God that walks with God yes, and God that, 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 that will turn your country upside down Amen. for the glory of God. And um, I said, I said, I want to pray with you. And I prayed with him. And I don't believe for touching hands and putting a call on somebody's life for nothing. Screen, I just pray God would use his life. And um, no, never, you never know. I mean, Amen. seven years old, but hey. And they'll be able saved. to reach their people easier than we, could, exactly us right. gringos, could ever reach them. And I remember what I was going to say. Brother Josh mentioned the verse, and we talk about it all the time. That's why we do the Who Will Go videos. It would be one thing for you to just hear about a place. But we that that video of Papua New Guinea last year where we're up on the mountain with those kids, that affects people's heart. And listen, uh, eventually we are going to go down to Brother Josh. We're going to do videos. They're about to come home and furlough. But if you're interested in going and seeing it, Listen, it's it's like three hundred dollars for a round trip. Is that right, brother Josh? No, 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 not right now. Right now, uh, it is. Yeah, but there's no flights. Well, I mean, coming, not but, right uh, now. We normal, can, we normal, yeah, <laughs> normal. Normally, prices you're going to look at paying. I don't know why it's so expensive, but um, Delta usually about five hundred to seven hundred dollars, just depending yeah. on the season, and that's round trip. Now you can fly other air flights. But Delta but safe. For what Take it from me. <laughs> when you're traveling international, you want to be safe. And yes, I don't believe yes, in everything Delta does, but they are safe. Okay. Um, yes, sir. Well, yes, sir. and listen, I mean this. If you are interested in going and seeing the work down in Guatemala, uh, contact me through the Who Will Go page, yes. through our Facebook, through uh, through whatever it means, through social media. Contact me, and we will get a trip together. And Brother Josh would host the trip. I would go with you. Uh, we would take our our small team together, and uh, don't 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 shy away from that. I don't care if this is months later that you watch this video. Uh, please contact me. We'll do, we'll do a trip, uh, brother Josh. The the last question, um, and and you've you've hinted on. I believe what your answer is going to be a little bit uh, already. But what is the biggest obstacle or need that you have in Guatemala? Uh, the biggest obstacle is, um, as I said, is just all the religion. Yeah. Um, it is uh, now, and I'm going to say this and I'm going to say it boldly as I can through internet. But, oh, don't worry. I'll edit it um, out if it's bad. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> um, I'm not a, just repeat this prayer and you'll go to heaven. That's right. Well, I am not that way. And I will tell you why. Because... Catholics are taught that there is a prayer for everything. Yes, sir. There is a prayer for healing. There's a prayer for demonic activity. There's a prayer for this. There's a prayer for that. Yada, yada, yada. And so when they hear that there's a prayer to go to heaven, then they are going to pray it. 
They have no reason why they're praying it. They have no understanding of why they're asking the Lord to save them. But they see it as a, well, the missionary said, yes. that if I'll pray this prayer, I'll go to heaven. They don't understand their sin nature. They don't understand that their sin is what separates them no from conviction. God. And, and exactly, there there has never been a time where the Holy Spirit has touched their heart and showed them that they're lost. And, and so they just say, well, I'll just pray this prayer and I'll be fine. And and they continue in sin. They never darken the door of yes. the church. They And 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 listen, and I don't think that uh, going to church makes you saved, but Amen. I believe when a saved man, when a man gets saved, that you will have a desire to go to the house of God. That's right. And I, and I was I was grown up. I grew up. My grandparents were godly people. Took me to church. My mom took me to church. But I didn't like going to church. I couldn't stand it. I hated it. But when I got saved, I started Amen. wanting to go to church. Amen. Not because to make me spiritual, but because I wanted to hear that preacher. And yes. so, but there are so many people here. There's so many people here that they say all the time, "Well, there's churches there. There's churches in that village," but how is it that we can go door knocking? But the Chris, we went to a, in our village, there's a church. They have 200 people, big charismatic church. I knocked on the next door neighbor's house of that church, asked them and presented the gospel. I said, now, if you were to die today, where do you think you would go? And they told me, I have no clue. Yes, sir. I shared the gospel with them. And this man He's about in his 40s, said, you're the first person that's ever told me the gospel. And I'm thinking, surely this man, you know, just moved here. I said, well, how long have you lived here? 40, I think it was 43 years. He said, I've lived here. And and I, I can't remember. He said, I, and he started telling me all this. And I thought, next, you've lived right here in this house. This church was started 27 years ago. And you were, and he said, yeah. And nobody's ever told me this. And so, no, there's not churches here. A there's church buildings. is somewhere that preaches the Staples. gospel. And so our biggest need here is just getting through and just breaking through that religion. And and so people can understand that the gospel is a free gift. It's not Amen. hard. And and it's not something that you have to live in bondage to. Right. And, 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 and God, we're, we're, I mean, it's just it's so sad to see people live in the bondage of religion. And so that, I would say, is our biggest obstacle. Um, our biggest need uh, is just men. Yeah. Um, and I'm not talking about preachers. Yeah. I'm just talking about men. Yes, sir. Um, we have two men in our church. We run. We, we, we have about 10 families in all, all together. And two have men in their homes. And they both come. And I thank God for that. And one of them, he works quite often, and there's some Sundays he can't come, but he enjoys church. He's a saved man. But two men cannot Bear the fulfill load. the Great Commission in Guatemala and, and in our area. And, and in our area, there's about eight different villages. All those villages, you're looking at 80. I would, I, I honestly don't know, 80 to 90,000 people. And how am I supposed to do that? By myself, I need men. And listen, if we could even just run buses, I need a man to drive a bus. You know, so our need is men, men that are willing. And I don't talk about Americans. I don't. And listen, if American wants to come in here and serve on yep. side of us, praise God. But I want a Guatemalan. Amen. I, I want a Guatemalan Peter. I want a Guatemalan. Uh, you know, I want a Guatemalan man to serve alongside us, and 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 that way we can reach these people a lot easier. Yes, uh, and and so that's our biggest need is just men. 
uh, here in, in our community, and we're trying our best, you know, to to see them come to Christ. But their their hearts are just so cold. They're just so uh, so hard into to the gospel, and it's very sad. But when your life is consumed in sin, that is that is your reaction yes, to the gospel. But we know that. Uh, God, the gospel has the power to break the cha- chains of all that, and that's what we pray for. And and so that's that's I would say, Brother Chris, that's our biggest need is just men. Yes, sir. Help us. And that's Guatemala. that's what who goes about. Um, you know, for for decades and decades, we've asked Americans for money for missions, and we've almost apologized for asking for men. And I know we need money. Uh, my family supported by missions. My, my brother Josh's family, they could not be there without the money, and we need to continue to give money, but let's start asking for men. And what you're watching today, you watch this far into this, What have you ever asked God what you can do to fulfill the Great Commission? And I think about this all the time. How many people died in Nineveh and went to hell while Jonah was running from God? And you heard Brother Josh soon as God gave Brother John, he was looking for somewhere to go and serving as much as he could in the capacity he was at while he was asking God where. And then God gave the where. And then, I mean, y'all, this man had his support raised in like a year. It was crazy. And I know it's not like that for everybody. Um, but, I mean... God wanted Brother Josh to keep his gallbladder because a lot of times if you're a missionary, uh, do you still have your gallbladder? Yeah. yeah, most missionaries I know don't have them anymore because they spend three years eating fast food and they have to have their gallbladder taken out. Every time I, I'll, th- I, I'll hear a missionary go into the hospital stomach, I'm like, ah, it's his gallbladder. But uh, anyways, but God is waiting for you. And more than that, there are lost souls waiting Brother Josh said it. Uh, a missionary doesn't just have to be a preacher. But they need they you, Brother Josh. Are you on a missionary visa? Is that what you're there? Uh, we have a residency. That's right. You have your residency now. But most countries, you have to go on a missionary visa. And if you go in on a missionary visa, that means you cannot work for money while you're there. And Brother Josh is there to be a missionary. But you could you could go down and and be a mechanic there. Take your family. Be a right-hand man to Brother Josh. You could go down and, and do carpentry there, whatever. Whatever your, your profession is, a lot of times they could just you could just do it in a foreign country and do mission work too. That We've got to break down that barrier of, oh, if, if you can't be a missionary if you're not a preacher. That is hogwash. That is not, Amen. you're not going to find that Amen. in the Bible. So uh, ask the Lord tonight, I hope, or today, I hope that this 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 episode has touched your heart whether you're listening by radio whether you're watching on youtube or facebook or or, or, uh listening on the podcast just ask god find you you get you and your family or if you're not married get yourself get down in the floor somewhere get your bible go to god in prayer and say lord what can we do to fulfill the great commission brother josh thank you so much for this and uh, I appreciate your time, and I appreciate what you're doing there. Listen, if you're a pastor watching this, I'm going to put Brother Josh's info in the description of this video. If you're listening via podcast or uh, the the radio, 
You can contact me through my email address. That is chewett44 at gmail.com. chewett, H-E-W-E-T-T, 44 at gmail.com. And I can get you in touch with Brother Josh as far as those things go. Uh, if you want more information about going and taking a trip to Guatemala, contact us. But uh, anyways, contact Brother Josh. Have him in and during this furlough. I, I, I feel like they're probably going to fill up pretty quick, but uh, October is when, uh, Lord willing, October is the date they're coming back and uh, doing their first furlough. Get in contact with him. Have him in. He will be a blessing to your church, and his family will be a blessing to your church. And I, I love this, this missionary. I love this family, and I promise you, They'll be a blessing to you. So, uh, Brother Josh, thank you for coming on today. I appreciate what you're doing. And uh, just stay faithful, my brother, and keep serving Jesus. And you got anything else you want to say, Brother Josh? No, sir, brother. Right. Uh, we, uh, we might, we might. I don't know when you'll put this out, Brother Chris, but um, if we can ask, just ask people to help us pray about our church situation. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, we, June will... Uh, we will be out of our building in June. This and, is May. Uh, or we are in May 2020 right now. So if you're watching yes. this, May 2020 is when when this is uh, being recorded. So he's talking about June 2020. So June 1st is our anniversary, one-year anniversary. And so the end of June, though, we're out of the building. We can't continue to rent. We don't feel like it's smart to the building. Uh, the owner passed away, and so they're in here in Guatemala, things move slowly, so they're in negotiations trying to get their paperwork in the son in the children's name. And our lawyer told us, don't do anything until that paperwork is in their name. So that's going to take at least a year or longer with this virus thing. So right now, as I have no clue what we're going to do, uh, we, we are meeting in houses right now with the virus. That's what we've been doing. So we have one of our ladies in our church who has opened up. They watch over a piece of property. And she told us, but Josh, you can use our property. You know, it's open, yada, yada, but it's the rainy season. Yeah. And so we can't just, you know, have church because we'll get soaking wet. And every time. Everything. Oh, yeah, and it rains. Every like, time. And so, yeah. So, um, so if y'all will just help us pray, we are looking at a piece of property. Matter of fact, I just got off the phone with him before a conversation. And uh, he has a piece of property for sale that he is willing maybe to cut it in half, which would be a huge blessing yeah. to us and uh, sell it to us. So y'all help us please pray about that. If you don't mind that God will just have his will, give me wisdom on what I need to do for the church and, and everything. And also for our furlough, if you will, we need three things to happen for a furlough uh, vehicle place to stay. And, um, uh, we need somebody for our home here in Guatemala to watch after it. Yeah. We, uh, okay, we're not going to lose that. And we have animals here. So if y'all will just help us pray, we thank God. We have a young man and a young Amen. family, I guess I should say, that will be filling in for us while Guatemalan. we are home. They're Guatemalan uh, with uh, just a great family. Great Amen. Family. Amen. We're very excited about that. So, um, uh, but I appreciate y'all's prayers. And uh, uh, Lord willing, we hope to see some of y'all maybe. And, yeah, uh, yeah, on our furlough, man. And listen, brother Josh, how much money do y'all have in your building fund? We have twenty five thousand. Okay, listen, if you want to give to the building fund because they need a permanent place, and and brother Josh, I know him well enough to know he would love to see a Guatemalan in that church, pastoring that church, so brother Josh could go and plant another church because he could mm -hmm. literally just where he's at. There's villages everywhere. 
that need churches, okay? Big villages. Uh, if you would like to give to this building fund, you can go, go through Rock of Ages and give through Brother Josh Hill's name and uh, put it for the building fund. Let them know. So if you do that, would you let us know? Let I want to know about it. If you, if you if God moves on your heart to do that, I would like to know about that. So Brother Josh, thank you. We love you and your family. Thank you all for listening or watching, uh, whichever uh, media you are you are contacting us through. So God bless you. Share this video. Follow us on YouTube, Facebook, all those good things. Check out the podcast. And God bless you until the next Missionary Monday. Amen. Don't you hear my Savior calling? I said, who will go and work today? Yes, fields are right and harvest waiting. Who will bear the shields away?